Thanks for listening to this ECDPM podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes to get updates and the back catalogue. I'm Clem Silverman, and this is a short interview explaining the state of play of the, the Economic Partnership Agreements, or EPAs. With less than a year to go until the EU deadline for completing the trade agreements, very few countries in Africa have signed and ratified these complex negotiations with Europe. There is a danger that the talks will overshadow the Africa-EU summit in April, souring relations between the two continents. It's 10 years since the process began to create development-focused free trade and economic agreements in both directions, but the pressure is mounting to see these through to completion for the benefit of everyone involved and to avoid some African countries being left out in the cold should trade talks collapse. I'm here with San Bilal, who is the head of the Economic Transformation Programme here at ECDPM, to explain his two new papers on EPAs which have hit the news in the past few weeks. So, San, how have we ended up so close to the deadline with only partial completion of these talks? And what's the danger of not seeing them through? Trade negotiations are always difficult. So, EPAs are nothing original. What is probably special is just the length of these negotiations. But what it shows is that there is probably more than technical issues at stake there. Otherwise, trade negotiators would have solved these negotiations already. So what has probably been lacking is a political will to compromise and find an agreement. So whose responsibility then is it to find this political will? Is it um, the Trade Commissioner, for example, the EU Trade Commissioner? Or is it uh, on the African side? We need some sort of driving force. Where does the responsibility lie? I think the problem is that the trade negotiators have captured the whole process and that in doing so we have lost sight of the uh, what is at stake at the political level. And so while I would not blame any of the negotiators for doing their job, I would blame the other politicians, both at the European level and at the uh, African level, for lacking the vision to drive these negotiations and to provide some direction to, to these negotiations. So it is indeed worrying one uh, to see that DG Trade is undertaking negotiations with mainly concerns on trade out- outcomes and maybe neglecting the more geostrategic kind of considerations that could uh, follow, including on regional integration. By the same token, it might be worrying to hear some of the African trade negotiators to say that negotiations are ongoing and are uh, progressing well, while at the same time uh, some of their leaders are, are expressing concerns about the uh, the direction of these negotiations and even sometimes about the merit of concluding certain, such negotiations. So what needs to be put in place to sort of gather this all together? Well, I think there's a need for both the African and the Europeans to reflect of what they want to achieve. And what should be paramount right now should be the coherence of the and the integrity of the regional integration process in Africa. Uh, because the Africans nor the Europeans would have any gain should some of the regional groupings uh, be disrupted, uh, regional integration process be disrupted simply because some countries in one region decide to conclude an APA while others decide not to. Uh, And in that respect, I think maybe they should lower the ambitions in terms of the trade outcomes that they are trying to achieve so as to preserve the regional integration. But to do so, you need to have the political will and flexibility on both sides. And I'm not sure this is 
really taken into consideration right now. And it should start by probably agreeing to discuss these issues at the highest political level, including at an Africa-EU summit. So what you're saying is that there is perhaps on both sides an unwillingness to talk about it, and especially at the this, this summit um, when it's kind of the elephant in the room and it needs to be talked about, and yet we're, we're actually in a situation where we're saying it's going, to be, it's going to overshadow the summit when really it should be at the centre of it. Yeah, one could be even more direct. I think at the summit, it's mainly the Europeans who are so far unwilling to address the question of EPA, saying that the uh, trade negotiations are not, uh, I mean, the summit is not a place to do trade negotiations. In that sense, they are right, but it's a place to discuss the big issues that are bothering uh, the uh, the different partners. And, and I think the ACP have been very explicit, uh, creating a high-level panel and asking for high-level meetings that they wanted to engage at their highest level with the Europeans uh, on the question, and they have not received satisfaction uh, in that respect. Now, the problems for the Africans, in my view, is that uh, if we listen to the African negotiators, they all talk about progress in the negotiations, and, and they address really the question at a very technical level, sometimes not necessarily making the connection with the more the more substantial uh, political concerns about the EPAS, and that's where they, they could have greater coherence uh, in their talk. So what really, what's at stake? It should talks collapse. Could they collapse, or is it too far down the line? Well, it's very much possible, and I would even probably say likely, that some of the countries are not going to conclude an EPA. So I think the best way to succeed in negotiations is to consider uh, seriously the fact that they could not reach an agreement. So in that sense, uh, yes, they could collapse. And the worst case situation is that uh, Kenya would uh, be asked to make to conclude an EPA alone uh, and that some other countries uh, in the region would not like to follow or that uh, Ivory Coast and uh, Ghana in West Africa would uh, uh, be asked to conclude an EPA without the rest of the region. So. Uh, and, and one could go on like this region by region, that would be a disaster for the regional integration process. And I think that's both the region's concern, uh, but also the Europeans have to really consider what would happen should there not be an agreement. And in, in this light, then they might find out that some disagreements of the market access on the level of market access that should be included in APA, or the specific wording of uh, export uh, uh, restriction clause or MFN clause might not warrant the, 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 the cost of disrupting the whole regional integration process. And that in that respect, more flexibility and understanding among the parties might avoid such kind of big difficulties uh, at the regional level. So again, lower your ambition, try to be more modest in what you're trying to achieve, but try to, to be more successful uh, rather than to continue in rather hard talks with the prospect that because of a deadline, some countries will be uh, more or less forced to agree on, on what is on the table. Okay, Sam, thank you very much. Um, you can download the two briefing notes from our website, the number 57 and 58. Um, what would it take to make an EPA economically and politically feasible for Europe and Africa? And uh, the headline, Trade Talks to Disrupt Africa-E Relations and Poison the Upcoming Africa-EU Summit. If you want further detail, you can read an article in this month's Great Insights magazine, plus the monthly EPA updates is available on our website and in Great Insights as well. 
If you have any comments, uh, leave them at the bottom of the blog. I'm Clem Silverman, thank you very much for listening.